podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Downey, and like old Tiny Hands said of Robert De Niro, I'm a very low IQ individual. That's made even worse by a seasonal allergy and a domestic scenario that makes Danny Dyer's EastEnders existence look like an evening at the proms. However, I will endeavour to be clever and lead my two colleagues and yourselves through the decidedly confusing labyrinth of LFC goings-on from the past week. Now, I will soon welcome back to your ears the mellifluous sounds of my two regular muckers, Cam Branch and Carl Kopek. But in order to start the rest of the show off in the type of solid footing you've come to expect from the Anfield Index podcast on our watch, allow me to establish from the start the erudite tone that we intend to retain throughout this particular podcast by sharing with you an extract from the paragon of football literature, Striker by Steve Bruce. By the way, how much better than this is that is 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 this than the Emery Chan corner? I have to oh, say. Oh, Emery, Emery's gone. Emery's it's, absolutely it's, it's gone. It's, it's, it's all about Steve Barnes now. It's all about Steve Barnes now. You will know, uh, Cam and Carl and producer Guy by now, as will you listeners, that the corpulent beach ball fancying former Manx skipper created a real magnum opus in which Steve Barnes, manager of Lettersford Town spends the whole duration of the book attempting to attain promotion for his club and exonerate himself of culpability in the murder of the eponymous striker. Now, there's a real profundity about some of the more memorable quotations that you just don't get in other books. For example, lads, here's a quote. An Englishman's home is his castle. That applies to other nations too. You see, you see, no Brexit tones for Steve Barnes. That's pretty impressive, I think you'll agree. Another one, another one. I decided to wear a tracksuit and trainers. That is the kind of decision I make regularly. (laughs) 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 And finally, before I read the little extract for today, Steve uh, opines the following. Having watched a a very, very gruesome uh, situation, he says... In a contest between human flesh and a concrete shoot, the concrete will always win. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. But it's the the thing I wanted to focus on this week is is uh, the author's real depth of knowledge about multiple topics. For example, there's a deep awareness of geological history in this little brief extract from today, and it reads as follows: In the Bronze Age, people came here. Nomadic tribes. They had powerful tools and they cut down the upland forests. They hunted with dogs and possessed strong arrowheads and spears, driving away or killing the wild animals. These people kept cattle and sheep and goats, which grazed the forest floors. Soon the landscape was cleared and it only needed rain to erode all goodness from the soil. I mean, that's, that's spectacular, isn't it? That's, that's a polyglot. That is a polyglot that works. It it genuinely is. You you are yeah. looking here at a man of many many with many many strings to his bow. He, he is the Renaissance. He is the Renaissance man who actually, within the course of the book, manages to change the name of the club that he manages, Steve, from Lettersfield Town to Lettersford Town at least three times. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, nice. quality. Because because who gives a shit about that kind of detail when you can talk about the Bronze Age? Marvelous stuff. Anyway, Mr. Copper. Yeah, can, 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 can I give you my own? I, I like to give my own um, Steve Barnes Striker series update as regards the price of the book on Amazon. Oh. Up, to, up to 70, right? Was the last, I think. 72 we last week. 72, 72 right? Yeah, yeah. Ready for this? Yeah. £249.23. Shit. Oh, that's fantastic. That I, is fantastic. I am reading it off the screen now. £249.23. And twenty-three pounds sterling. Well, I'm I'm hereby suggesting that to the listeners of the show that we get a, a Kickstarter going so we can buy a copy and read it aloud 
uh, for the next three podcasts. There's a project worth getting involved with. I think everyone will agree. I think, anyway, I think, I think we should rename the podcast, right? Just, just, let's just, let's just <laughs> rebrand. Fuck it. Uh, anyway, Carl, how are you doing? Any, any, any specific opening thoughts from yourself? Just the one, because I've been watching this uh, a lot this week, and it's this exchange. Paulie, he could be out there stalking us. With what? His cock? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Okay, context, man. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Paulie, he could be out there stalking us. With what? His cock? Pine Barons Sopranos. Paulie Wal- Paulie Walnuts and Christopher Oh my god. I'm gonna disgust you, man. Um I have I've only ever seen one series of You've never of, seen so, so you've heard about Pine Barons? I've seen season one. That's it. Oh, there's people throwing things at whatever they're listening to this. I time. know, I know, I know, I know. It's one of those gaping omissions in my oh, watching. I'm even Barons. worse then. Yeah, go on. Why you how bad are you get? You haven't about seen three that? episodes? Oh wow, okay. Well we need to fix that clearly. We need to get Exactly. Drink will save me. Oh, for God's sake, man! <laughs> What's he said? What's he said? He, he, he just says, "Uh, great." No, he, uh, uh, yes, he's, he's seen them all. He's seen, he's them, seen all. them all. Okay, well, we've got we've got fifty percent of the crew here. Right, okay. yeah, you're on. Yeah. <laughs> he, he appreciates that quote. There's no one else does. Uh, uh, I recognise the episode's called Pine Barrens, and it's about they go into the woods um, and they try and kill a, a bloke. The situation's got out of hand. And he can't be allowed to come back to this man, but he's a, he's a, a Russian sort of ex-military man. And, uh, and they, they get lost and have to hide in the snow. And it's one of the, it's like Laurel and Hardy with gangsters. It's amazing. I might actually just look up that individual one first then. That sounds Oh, you can, you can watch it on its own. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like when you can watch a thing in a one-off. Um, Cam, how are you doing, my friend? Any opening thoughts from yourself? I do. I do. I'm good. Thanks. Um, okay. My quote is, Speaking to a woman whose son had been adopted by aliens. It must have been a terrible time for you. And an awful time for him. It's just so sad to hear, hear it happens. It's happened to me. I think joining blanky blank was like leaving on a spaceship and coming back and all your friends going, he's weird now. Oh man, you've got me here again. I, I, I've, I've, I've gotten all of these so far, and this is the first week I don't know either. What is that? Blankety blank. Let's yeah. take that. And that was our. Oh. Robbie. Oh my God, it's a Robbie Williams quote. Oh. oh. And I had to do it after yesterday, didn't I? Okay, can I, can I give a little bit of perspective to the poor, Please unfortunate do. listeners Please here? Do. Yesterday in the group chat, as we were discussing when we would do the show, we had the horrific revelation that both Guy and Cam are Robbie Williams fans. I I said I like angels. I didn't say I was a fan. That's the same thing. Dude, you're you're in the same Oh, come on. You're you're in the canoe, yourself and Drinkle. (laughs) Own own it. Just own it. Okay, Uh, fair enough. He's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, have, I have owned one of his albums in the past, no doubt. Mm, yeah. Well, anyway, it was, it was a bone of contention. I, 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 do you know what? I feel better now that I didn't know who that was. That's okay. I, I, that's, that's it. We can, we can move on now. We can move on. Um, lads, loads of stuff going on in the week. Um, the kind of stuff that leads you down paths you don't want to be on in the internet. So we will have a most superficial discussion about an awful lot of it. There were a couple of Mo Salah stories. Um, I wouldn't mind looking at both of those just to get your take on it. Um, first one uh, came out of um, that um, uh, wonderful Spanish uh, um, publication, Marca. And, um, he was talking about um, his contribution to World Cup and everything we do now is going to have a, a World Cup tinge to it. But I'm always interested to hear what Mo Salah has to say because he's, he can be quite... Um, Surprisingly frank. We'll see what you what you make of this. Um, reflecting still back onto the uh, the Champions League and his injury, he says, "Now I'm better. I hope to play the first game against Uruguay, but that will depend on how I feel when it approaches." It was the worst moment of my career. When I fell to the ground, I had a mixture of physical pain and a lot of worry, also anger and sadness for not being able to continue playing the Champions League final. Moments later, I also thought about the possibility of not playing the World Cup, and that was a devastating thought. Did Sergio Ramos call me? Yes, he sent a message, but I never told him it was okay. 
my comment is that it's always okay when the one who made you cry first then makes you laugh. That's profound. I'm not sure what that means. But he did go on to say maybe he could also tell me if I'm going to be ready for the World Cup, which seems to have a little bit of extra sort of snide and snark about it. What do we make of this and how, what your general feelings, Carl? Um, we're all sort of vaguely looking forward to this um, tournament. Um, I know the, 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 the party line should be, you know, he's a good lad. We should go and enjoy him watching, watching him play for Egypt. How are you feeling about Mo Salah and the idea of him maybe playing whilst not quite ready yet and worsening an injury and all that type of thing? Is that very Liverpool-centric of me or what do you think? I think he's got to play. I mean, it's the World Cup, and I, I, I don't, uh, I don't want to be in a position where I'm denying him anything. No, I, I think he's got to play. Even if he gets a knock and he only plays two games, he's still got plenty of time to get back for later all the season. So I've, I've got no problem with that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Let the man play. He's earned it. Mm. Uh, what what do you what do you make of it? Uh, again it's it's got little or no impact on anything at this point as we discussed yesterday about the far more pressing uh, situation with with Carius and the uh, 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 issues arising for it the game itself has little or no um merit in terms of a topic of discussion now but it is interesting to hear that there is that 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 little bit of uh of niggle there absolutely he does seem to have an edge on him about ramos and uh feel very much as if you know there was there was foul play there it's it's an interesting thing that he didn't go down the, the kind of more pc route of going ah the game's over you know well, he, he, he holds, he's not happy and i can't blame him really because he got completely taken out of the game i don't mind people being angry about things like that um, and I like it when Liverpool players are angry because they are occasionally the nicest team in the world. So, and we'll, we'll need that for the next year when yeah. we play them in the final. Yeah, yeah. Cam, another, another, another Mo-related story for you, Cam. This was, uh, again... Well, less than, less than sort of, uh, less than savory situation that we saw during the week. I'm sure if you're, um, keeping an eye on your, uh, various news feeds, you'll have seen that Mo, uh, was pictured, um, with the Chechen leader, uh, Ramzan Kadyrov, um, who, let's just say his regime has sort of been criticized for, uh, alleged human rights abuses. Um, specifically in relation to the torture of gay people. Uh, there's also been talk of extrajudicial killings. Um, it was met, this photograph, with an awful lot of hand-wringing, and probably rightly so. Uh, there was a lot of talk about whether Mo had a clue who the hell your man was or not. There was an awful lot of talk about political opportunism, people just taking the chance to uh, get pictured with a massive, massive star. Uh, and there was an idea of how complicit are the 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 um, Egyptian FA there, and you know what's the what is this? What's going on? We I suppose we all had a little bit of a worry that there might be a couple of different unsavory aspects to this World Cup and the next one perhaps as well. When you see this type of thing, it doesn't sit well, does it? No, it doesn't sit well. But then, from my understanding, uh, um. Where they are staying, it's one of the largest uh, Islamic populations in the region. And it has plenty of mosques there. So obviously being Ramadan at the moment, it's probably easy for all of the Egyptians to get to prayers um, in the mosque if that's where they want to go. You know, I'm trying to play the political savvy, uh, respectful card here in a way. And... Um, I think maybe the leader's just spotted an opportunity to um, get himself out in public gaze uh, a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a total PR stunt. It's a total full yeah, opportunity. Yeah, it is. Exactly it's it's exactly exactly what you expect from politicians, I yeah. suppose. Moralising about it too much, as you say, and you're right. Um, you could go down a, a, a bit of a dodgy path and we have no idea. Like, I, I would say 99% Mo Salah had the bloody clue who he was looking at. Um, yeah. you know, but Mo Salah is a footballer and, uh, that's what he does. And we wouldn't expect him necessarily to have, uh, a wide political knowledge or have any concept of, uh, maybe even who that was outside of some famous bloke who wanted his photograph taken with him. But Carl, I suppose it is of note when you see, both kick it out and and pride the LGBT plus 
uh, group uh, releasing a joint statement and it said I'll just read the first sentence or two for you uh, kick it out and pride and football are extremely disappointed to see football being exploited for political propaganda by the leader of a region with a horrendous record on human rights particularly towards the LGBT plus community no footballer particularly one as distinguished and internationally recognized as Mohammed Salah should be used for this purpose now it goes on to question what level of involvement Salah may have had in the decision making uh, was not condemning him just saying it's all a bit sort of unsavory um, when you see joint statements like that coming out you realize it has to be taken quite seriously this and you would hope that there's not going to be there's not going to be more of this sort of nonsense occurring and that you know yeah. anyway I, I'm, I'm more curious about your take than, than me pontificating what what's what, what's your response to it it's what happens when you put a, um, a corrupt um governing body in charge of football um because FIFA don't give a shit FIFA don't give a shit where the World Cup goes. They don't care about human rights records or anything like that. All they see is sponsorship and cash. You wait for it worse than they are. And this is what happens when this happens. And it's going to be the same thing in Qatar. You know, it's, they don't give a damn about, you know, things like this. They've got no problem. With, I mean, for a start, the World Cup's in Russia. I mean, someone sat down and said, let's give it to Russia. Because, you know, human rights records, um, uh, the LGBT community is harassed constantly. Um, and it's racist as hell. So, of course, that's the perfect place to bring together a festival of football. But I imagine someone's getting paid out of it. And that's why yeah. they do it. They don't give a shit about this sort of stuff. They knew that. They'll just wipe this away. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the decision-making processes that lead to exactly this situation and the opportunity for, for certain individuals to exploit it, uh, it, it, there's an even more sort of egregious example of it with the, with the next World Cup, uh, uh, a situation where, you know, you're looking at seasons having to be changed around for it. It's, it's, it's sort of rotten to the core and you want, you want to enjoy these things. You do. You want to just sit back and enjoy them. But, it's very in your face at the moment, um, this type of thing. And like I say, when you hear these very, very sensitive statements and, 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 and I think, you know, carefully worded statements, that, that particular joint statement ended like this. It says, ultimately, the widely publicized photos are a reminder that football and sport do not exist in a vacuum. Players, football associations and international governing bodies must always be aware that their actions can influence wider society and in turn the rights and lives of minority groups. Ramzan Kadyrov has already secured a yeah. PR victory for his domestic audience, yeah. but it's not too late for Mohamed Salah, the Egyptian FA, FIFA, and everyone in football to learn from this incident. And they finish, we must always do everything we can to prevent the game being exploited by human rights abusers and continue to send a clear message that the LGBT plus community are an integral part of football and wider society. I mean, it's very, very definitive and it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you can't argue with anything there. It's completely no, stra- straightforward and, 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 and correct in everything that's being said there. It's just unfortunate. I think there's a massive amount of misfortune involved there. That's how I choose to think about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to think about it in, in, uh, as being something that was, you know, there was a little chit chat had before. I don't think our man is that kind of a human. Um, so we no, not put, no. You know, it's, it, it's, it's opportun, it's political opportunism and it's just bloody unfortunate. And, um, I, I think now that it's been flagged up, hopefully people will be a little bit uh, wider to it. But as you said, when you've got people uh, at the heart of the decision making processes, uh, with the morals that they have, who the hell knows? Um, well, can, can I go back to an, an Alexi sales sketch from literally the mid eighties here, which will yeah. never ever forget me. He's doing this monologue and he said, there's a program called Alexi sales stuff, which is absolutely phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. He does this thing about uh, how his latest tour has been um, sponsored by the, um, this is a reference to a poisoning of disaster in India. Um, he said, it's been, my, my tour has been sponsored by the Union Carbine Poison Gas Company. And he says, I know, no, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. This is not morally reprehensible. But it's not my fault. It really isn't my fault. They held a giant check over my eyes. So I couldn't see what was going on. And that's exactly what helped people do. Yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus, I, I kind of miss that, you know, really hardcore satire from the mid eighties where people, where people were really politicized. Everyone was really politicized and had, you know, a little bit of a brain knocking around between their ears and were able to articulate stuff like that. I, I'll be honest. I don't remember Alexi Sale being incredibly funny, but I do remember him being massively engaging. So, I mean, yeah, that's it. That's it. Bring back spitting image. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. 
Yeah, yeah, satire is is uh, very much a sort of a a lost art in the in the in the really um, you know sort of more public media. A, a different uh, story for you, World Cup related, Cam. Um, to 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 comment on briefly, it's uh, Sadio Mane. You'll have seen stuff if you had your um uh, your feed open, Twitter feed open at all today. Uh, yeah. um, umpteen stories about Sadio, and uh, of course he's one of actually quite a small number of Reds when you when you add it up who are actually at the World Cup, and he's obviously I suppose one of the bigger stars along with Mo. Certainly when it comes to his own country. Not quite a one-man team or anything like it, but he's certainly a big name in 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 the in the uh, in the in the uh, Senegal setup. Um, but there's a kind of a story, no story today. Um, he was interviewed. He was he said, "I'm very happy at Liverpool. My contract will last for three more years." Um, and he then he goes on to say, "Well, every footballer always says you never know what will happen in the future. I want to win trophies, especially the Champions League." And he goes on to talk about how the defeat was hard to to reconcile. That the, the club had worked so hard, but Real Madrid were a better team. And he says we lost to the best team in the world. Now, people have put together Real Madrid, the best team in the world. You never know what will happen. And of course, you know the conclusion they've come to. Um, I would say. There's not a cat in hell's chance of that. Um, it's just the type of thing that people are just going to have to sort of hold on to their hats and accept for the summer, isn't it? That's what happens during a World Cup summer. Oh, I thought the conclusion that everybody had come to was that he will be staying at Liverpool. That's <laughs> yeah. what I thought you were going to say. Um, is that what people think? That because he said Real Madrid are the best team in the world, that automatically we should just assume he's going to go there now? I mean, it's it's like you said originally. It's a it's a, as neutral a comment as you can make without com- being committal in any way, shape or form. He's also said he's got a three year contract. Does that mean then he's going to see out the three years of his contract? You can, you can, you know, people can cherry pick any, any bits of what anybody says. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's like you said, it, it's classic footballer speak for saying, I'm very happy at the club, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Because mm. let's be honest. Liverpool could decide to sell him tomorrow. It might not be Sadio Mane who makes that decision because Liverpool might think, well, we're, we're actually going to go out and get a better player than Sadio Mane. Mm. It, yeah. There's, there's so many ways you can spin any comment in, in any which way you want. So I, I, I'm not going to worry in the slightest um, about the possibility that Sadio Mane is, is suddenly on his way to, to Real Madrid. And let's be honest, he's not good enough to get into Real Madrid. They've got Ronaldo, they've got Bale, they've got Isco. They got Benzema. They're far better players. Why would they want Sadio Mane? He's not good. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, but nobody's buying it. Okay. <laughs> Wait a moment. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he he might be able to make it into um, what's the name of that team? For, uh, uh, the one that Steve Bruce is uh, managing. Now? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, which which one? Which one? <laughs> the the the, 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 the one that cost two hundred and forty nine pounds to read about. Well, they can play for both teams. Oh, it depends what page he's on. Uh, look, yeah. I mean, Carl, this is the thing, and I suppose this is where, this is bringing this is kind of this is going to segue into the next place I want to go because this is the kind of thing that happens to people over the summer, and uh, you, you, you're caught in an endless loop of of people who are uh, having a moan uh, about how awful things are, and people who are talking about uh, having a moan at those people for having a moan, and people who are being uh, sort of gratuitously optimistic and it's very hard to kind of tread a middle line and you find yourself I, I've 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 just deleted several tweets that I've started because you do find yourself wanting to respond and say just have a word with yourself but it, it doesn't help it doesn't help to contribute to the ongoing uh, sort of malaise and 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 I suppose like I said to Cam this is just typical of the type of stuff we're going to have to expect basically what I'm getting at here is the whole fekir madness um it really sort of brought me down I was very surprised at how badly people responded and how quick they were to 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 sort of see everything as being awful when you know previously uh, days previously everything was wonderful do you know what i mean Carl? it's, it's the wild oscillations they're not healthy but you know you're not a proper fan so that's what um sorry, sorry I, I, I read that about 300 times last week you know if you're moaning about this you're not a proper fan if you're mm-hmm. moaning about it you're not a proper fan can i sit somewhere in the middle and say like you know, can i just say the words 13th of june as we record this the bloody window i see isn't even open yet 
Yeah. You know, what do you want? I mean, uh, it's, it's just tracking bloody look. Yeah, just to go back to, to, to the, the Sadio Armani thing, by the way, can I point out that the Irish comedian Ashlyn B is very, very attractive. I'm not saying anything else other than that. I'm just leaving it that there, and um, you can read into that whatever you will. I, I honestly can't see where you've made the link, but I fully, fully appreciate you taking an opportunity to mention how beautiful Ashling is. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm surprised that you didn't. I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, I'm very happy on the iPod, but I'm just going to say that Ashlyn B is very attractive. Yeah, we do. You know, I, I was wondering when you were going to put it out there that you were available. <laughs> uh, this is this is the usual sort of uh, uh, follow up. Cam, in terms of this of of this whole melee, um, uh, and we're not. I'm not. I don't want to add to it because it's 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 a feedback loop. I don't want to get into it. Who, who does what? Uh, Carl summed it up nicely there. It is June, the, the whatever the hell it is, 13th. But if you say that, and you know, Cam, if you say that, someone else will go, yeah, but we said that last time, and it's no point in being positive and optimistic because we're going to fuck it up again by the end of the summer. And you know what's going to happen. And it's just, like I say, it's an endless feedback loop. And I don't want to contribute to it. I don't think that's what we do on this show. But I would say this to you. It, it was interesting to see quite how in the dark uh, even the usual suspects who get an awful lot of information seem to be for so long. And then you heard a few of the more sort of reliable voices, and I use that in inverted commas because we're told they're reliable and they seem to have decent information, people like Joyce and people like Mel Reddy, and you hear them saying this, that, and the other. But even their kind of statements still have a lot of vagueness attached. It would appear that there were there, there, there definitely were issues around uh, uh, the guy's health, and it would appear that although it's not absolutely dead, because there's no definitive statement one way or the other, it's not looking likely, but then nobody knows anything. And it's, I suppose, if you're going to sort of look after your mental health in this situation, Cam, you've got to be excited if there's a possibility, but not too excited, and disappointed if, if something uh, seems to collapse, but not too disappointed. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, what I'll say is, May the 1st, I didn't hear anybody mention Nabil Fakir for Liverpool. People may have done, but he wasn't a big talking point. He wasn't somebody who was being spoke about, you know, all over social media that that's the player we need to go and get. Everybody was still probably thinking of Thomas Lamar. But all of a sudden, we're going for Nabil Fakir. Oh my God, he's the greatest player ever. Look at his stats, look at this, that and the other. Now, the only statement that's come out is from Olas, the chairman, the owner of um, Leon. I don't think Olympic Leonese have actually made a statement. I don't think Liverpool have actually made a statement. So like you say, we're completely in the dark. We're getting sound bites from, from Joyce and Reddy. And I don't think even Pierce has really said anything. So we're not sure what's going on. We know there's something hasn't quite happened because it was looking very lightly on the Friday last week that we were going to sign him. And all the, the you know, the rumours and everything you were hearing was pointing in that direction. Will it still happen? Yeah, there's a, there's a strong possibility it can. And the strange thing about it all for me is if he's failed for a medical reason, but he's still fit to play for France, you then have to wonder, is the reason less probably thinking he could break down in the future. Um, mm. It's not something we're prepared to take a chance on. Especially uh, well, with, and especially with the type of game that Liverpool play, it's high intensity, will he be able to stand up to it? And if that's the case, the wise thing is, you don't spend 50 million quid, you walk away and you move on to the next target. And if you're worried about, oh, we should always get our first choice target because Virgil van Dijk, Virgil van Dijk was our first choice target and, um, Naby Keita were our first choice targets. Well, remember this people. I don't think Sadio Mane was our first choice target and I don't think Mohamed Salah was our first choice target. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. But I think there is a sort of a newly established sort of uh, spoiled nature that we have, as you said, everybody wanted Van Dyke, we got him. Everybody wanted Keita, we got him. Lots of people wanted Fabinho, we got him from under everyone's noses in the dark in an hour. And 
we have this sort of expectation built up amongst fans now. It was just really weird for me to see how crushingly uh, despondent everybody was uh, at the the first thing that broke down. I mean, this is what happens, and you know the, that that take that you've had there. I I, I think it was I, I heard a couple of people uh, say something very similar. Like I said, people who tend to be in the know uh, say something very similar that you know there is caution, there is uh, worry, and there is anxiety around it. Who knows what will happen at the end? Maybe it will be revisited. But there are so many other players. Like I mean, we're linked with that. Uh, kid from Ajax Ziyech and we're, 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 we're linked with uh, all sorts um, of, of alternatives tracks or stories again today um, but you get you get the mention of a Shakiri and you have a, a sadness a sadness related Alison story uh, Carl and all of a sudden uh, we're, we're in the, the gloom again because oh, it's over it's all over we're just getting Jack Buckland and that's it it's all over yeah and yeah. I, yeah, and that, that that's 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 the type of thing I'm talking about. It's 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 a kind of madness that we can't really allow ourselves to to get too much into. They've all here. got home. The club the club's gone home. They're on holiday now. They're not going to come back till uh, the day before the first game, and um, we're just going to have to muddle through with what we've got. That's so, how it works. That's how it works. Exactly. Exactly. And will just stand on the beach drinking his Heineken. Yeah, but, yeah. but exactly. I mean, that's that's. If if people want a little sort of a signal to not lose their shit, I mean, God. Anyway, look, let 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 them off. And and um, obviously, I would love if we could sign Nabil Fekir. I would love that. From what I've seen, he seems to be a perfect fit for us. But I'll also be happy with with uh, with um, uh, a good alternative as well. So let's see what happens there. Well, well at least our manager hasn't been indicted on a murder charge. Well, so, you know, we, we 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 should all keep positive that he's not in Steve Barnes's position. Well, that's it. That's it. And, and, and at least Mo Salah hasn't been struck with that gigantism, which leads to, <laughs> to, to the, the poor bastard on the front cover being 40 yeah. foot long. Um, we, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, Sillison or, or Leno, who looks to be going to Arsenal or whatever, when it happens. So maybe if you're looking for uh, transfer gossip, maybe this isn't necessarily a podcast for you. You're asking, you're asking, if you're asking me, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, well, it's, it's not really our thing here. But just no. I, I, I did want to explain it to folks in case they think we're avoiding the topic or being vague. We're not. It's just not really a particular interest uh, yeah. of us here. Uh, there is one solid story, uh, Cam, where we're hearing that um, uh, it looks as if Mr. Buvac is being tapped up by Fenerbahce, uh, D- Damien Kamoli's director of football out there. And there was a couple of Turkish outlets uh, mentioning that the terms have been pretty much agreed uh, and that David Moyes, God love him, was picked to the role by uh, Mr. Buvac. Uh, Kamoli's there, like I said, uh, at Fenerbahce and, you know, um, looks to have, have, have made that con- connection. Um would you have any concern about about uh, what that might do in terms of balance going forward, or do you think it's been offset by the return of uh, of, of 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 our, our uh, prodigal son from from uh, his little stint in Holland? Um, I must admit, I'm a, I am a tad upset and concerned if he has definitely left the club, um, and the reason being is um, I remember when Paco walked away from Rafa. And I know Rafa had a really good season next season after, but still didn't win it. And Rafa was never quite the same without Paco. Sometimes you need that one guy who's prepared to stand up to you. And I think Bivac was probably that guy with Klopp um, because they had such a strong relationship that he could say, no, you're actually doing this wrong. Or I think you've got this wrong and you need to revisit it. And that's my only concern with it. I don't, have any issues with Bivac wanting to move on and trying to prove himself and better himself. And, you know, that, that's, that's his prerogative. That's his decision. Um, I, I'm, I'm selfish. I want the best for LFC. And for me, the best thing for LFC would be if Bivac was still clocked number two. But if he does go, then, you know, um, he will leave and I will have a heavy heart with it, but I will be happy for him. So, um, you know, that's all I can really say on that. Carl, what about the alternative take to what Cam's saying that maybe things had started to go stale? There's a, there's um quite a few lost finals in a row there. Um, maybe uh, it did need shaking up, like we've spoken about in the past. Uh, at a certain other club, we saw that happening very regularly to keep the the main man sort of invigorated and revived, yeah. and yeah. Um, and, it, and it worked. 
and it seemed to work. What 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 about uh, the idea of Linders being being that for Klopp now going forward, and 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 things seem to be lining up in that way for the club that you know there is progress being made in almost every front. Um, what about what about that as a more sort of an optimistic slant on it? I, th- I think that's I think that's a very strong point to be honest because they were together for years, and um, you, you're right. If you look around at the other clubs, I mean. Um, uh, Wenger's had, had Pat Rice for years and, you know, and Steve Bold and people like that. And there was, as Mourinho quite rightly pointed out, that there was a, 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 a policy of failure there. You know, they didn't sort of overreach anything they needed to do. You know, you, you, Ferguson played it brilliantly because, you know, he had Carlos Quiris, he had Steve uh, McLaren, he had Brian Kidd, and he swapped it around all the time. And maybe this is just something that we need to do as a club because we have played in the European Cup final. I fully expect us to play in several more. But we're we're always going, you know. We're always moving on all the time, and you, you can't look at it negatively. If the, for the start, the man, the Bubac deserves a chance. He definitely does because he's been part of a very very successful team. Yeah. So you know, if you, if you want to, you know, no one can, can you know bear a grudge about that. But um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Why not? Yeah. Why not? And and if if Pep Linders is the is the coach that um, he's reputed to be? Uh, I don't see how uh, uh, his perspective could 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 harm things in any way, shape, or form. And like I said, it's just it's just this feeling that you get overall, despite like we said, some of the naysayers from uh, you know with regards to um, transfer policy, that things are very much um, on an upward curve and, and moving forward um, uh, in the club as a whole. I, I I just have a feeling this might be a good thing. I have a feeling it might be an invigorating thing. So uh, hopefully that will be the case. Um, look, I mean, there, there are a couple of things I want, I want to speak to you about, um, in relation to other Liverpool events. But of course, the big one, uh, uh, lads is the, uh, the new kit, um, because that's massively important, um, of course, to any, any club's, uh, power of, of, of moving forward. Um, I have a very distinct, uh, impression from Carl that you're not a massive fan of the new, um, Barney-esque purple kit. Uh, Cam, I thought it got a bit more of a positive vibe from you off of when we were chatting earlier on. Um, what, what, what is the significance of this type of thing? Uh, what is, why is it that we have a situation where we have, uh, our players being rolled out like Virgil <laughs> with the, the deep violet kit, which is what it's called, deep violet, if you don't mind, uh, was launched. Is out. it violet? Deep it violet. Is. That's that's deep the violet, te- yeah. that's the technical term. Virgil van Dijk. Is, isn't deep? Isn't deep violet purple? Well, well, take 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 it up with um with um. Oh, isn't isn't violet pink? Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. No. Okay. No. I'll I'll, I'll email them in a minute. Uh yeah, new 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 balance. Uh, send them a strongly worded letter. Um. We need to talk about Pantone lads because I will tell you what, violet is light. Well. We have the best traveling support in football since Virgil van Dijk, and I'm excited to run out in front of our fans wearing this trip. Um, <laughs> Cam, you mentioned earlier on that you right. might quite quite fancy this. I, I can actually see you uh, uh, maybe rocking this, uh, you know, with a with a, with a matching matching waistcoat. What do you reckon? Um, I'm, I reckon you could pull it off better actually with your with your shades and your and your leather and your scarf. <laughs> to be honest, I think, I, I think you could get it down to a two. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's actually one of those kits that it looks good on the players, but I think it would look awful on supporters just walking around in the street. I yeah, well, one of those. <laughs> well, anything, anything that's 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 unforgiving will look bad on the average dude. But I mean, even if you are in good shape. I'm not sure about those colours, Carl. I mean, what is this idea? What, like, I know, uh, there's a, there's a certain sort of, um, uh, grumpy old man aspect to this, and I welcome and openly embrace it and, and, and I admit my position as such. But like, you know, the, the, the whites and the yellows and even the blacks, uh, in modern times, why can't we keep those solid blocks of colour? What is this? What is this, this drive? To, I mean, even the, the, the complementary colour has got nothing to do with the club. I don't get it. I don't you know, get. Several people today on told me on Twitter that you know I should stop living in the past and and that sort of thing, and that I'm furious and I should calm down. I'm not furious at all. I just think it's shit. I'm not feeling do what they want. I'm not going to buy the shirt anyway, and I probably wouldn't buy it if it was you know 1981. Well, I'm not feeling 1981. But um, for me, I mean that's the big thing that no one else seems to have thought about is the re- 
The reason that Liverpool has a white shirt in the 70s and 80s or a yellow shirt is because there's white and there's, ye and there's yellow in the Liverpool badge. That's why. There's no purple in the Liverpool badge. There's no orange. There's no... God, well, God knows what that thing we had under Rodgers with, 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 with the odd sock, that kid. There's no grey either, and that was one of our greatest kits. Uh, the, the, yeah, the bird shit kit as well was grey. Uh, and I just don't know why we just can't use the colours that are on the badge, because surely that's the point. You play with the colour on your badge. I I I kind of I kind of want to get behind that as well. Now, of course, I understand, you know, and move forward, all the rest of it. And I understand that there's this uh, urge to run towards these sort of, you know, garish colours. And let's be honest, by the time last season ended, we all fucking loved that orange kit, uh, because the Reds were winning in it and they were winning big in it. Uh, and I was kind of half unbeaten. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you, you end up you end up uh, being very fond of of whatever nonsense they're wearing and and uh, and taking to it. So I mean, I don't know. I, I just I have that old fashioned thing that I'd like it. I'd like. I it prefer to, the old original Liverbird badge. I don't. I'm not particularly. I think there's too much going on with the current badge. It's quite busy, isn't it? It's yeah. Quite busy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, the simple Liverbird badge. And then what, what colour was that? An LFC. Yeah. An LFC. Is it, is it either white, red, or gold. Yeah, and, and that's all you needed. You know, yeah. that, you know, that there's certain things you can put on the shirt to still reflect the club. You know, mm. you put it in the back of the shirt behind the neck, like they do with the with the '96 tribute and the two yeah. flames either side. That that's a really classy, clever yeah. little touch. Yeah. You could put something across the bottom of the shirt on the side, maybe. You know, there, there's places you can put things to make yeah. the shirt look good if you want to represent things. I, that that you can do. I just think personally, I think the badge just is too much. Yeah, look, uh, uh, th this lot they've gotten it sort of fifty percent right and fifty percent wrong. I mean, uh, you just sort of, and uh, they're better than the previous crowd who was it was just like somebody let oh, them lo God. loose with a gang of uh, a bunch of crayons and a, a few sheets of paper because I don't know what they were at. But look, it's it. I will say the guy summed it up as uh, Virgil looks like a fucking angry Teletubby in this new kit, and I think that's yeah, a fair right. shout. I think that's a fair shout from producer Guy. So we'll just finish on on that. Well, that scares the opposition. That's great. Well, look, absolutely. He's just going to look more and more imposing coming at you, in, you that, in that color. What, 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 Carl? I did see that you uh, you flagged up a couple of gloriously. Uh, gorgeous old old school kits, and I know that in a chat we had, you mentioned that Peru kit. Do you actually know where it can be had? Because I think it's glorious that one with the sash. Um, I've tried to. So anyone who follows me at the Sensi on Twitter, I've got a picture up of. Um, uh, I'm about to be writing uh, an article about the 1978 World Cup for a website called Sun Green Grass and a Ball, which mm. apparently, which, which is incredibly good this year, and an article just going out this very day. But uh, and I want to talk about the Peru kit. I've seen it online, but I haven't seen it. Cause I was going to send the picture. Cam said he wants to buy it, and uh, and I was going to send you a picture of it, Cam. But but I couldn't find the little Adidas thing on it. So there's replica shirts, but I haven't got the little Adidas thing on the same thing. And for, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a white shirt with a. But it's the same one they got they've got now, but it just looks beautiful. I think it is the greatest kit ever made. If you are listening to this and you can uh, help us out with where we might be able to access that, there's probably people who are very much in the know about that type of thing. Maybe hit us up on Twitter with with a link to where you might get your paws on it because it is a glorious kit. I have to say, it's yeah. particular, it's particularly wonderful kit. Uh, and I'd like to have, I wouldn't mind having a jersey or two for the duration of the of the uh, of the World Cup just to be wearing about. Um, for Peru, this tournament is the away one. Oh, be still my beating heart. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people get very excited about all the Nigeria bits and bobs. Um, but again, I think you have to be, um, a very fit athlete to get away with an awful lot of it. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's quite striking. Let's just say that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, they, they, they're, 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 there's a few belters around, but like I say, if anybody's got any specific knowledge on that, on uh, how we could uh, maybe get a pause on that, do do contact us. Uh, there's one more Liverpool story that we need to mention that happened during the week since we spoke last, at least. Um, we had some um, yeah, breaking news over the weekend, and, and, and then there was more breaking news that caused the breaking news to stop. And it was, of course, um, the uh, award for uh, Kane Dalglish, um, 
that uh, gave him a, 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 a title um, of Sir Kenny Dalglish. Uh, now, Cam, I know myself and yourself and Carl may have slightly differing views on all of this, but I think we can all probably come to a similar conclusion. But I am interested to hear your take on it. Um, what what did you what what were your your uh, what was your response to seeing Sir Kenny Dalglish? Okay. All right. All right. Um, I'm just uh, a little old me. I'm a nobody in the grand in grand scheme of things when it comes to Sir Kenneth Douglish. If he feels that he deserves and he's a worthy recipient of that honour, whether we agree with the establishment or not, who am I to say he shouldn't have it? Who might say he doesn't deserve it? For what he has done for not just Liverpool Football Club, not just for the people of Liverpool, but for the whole of Merseyside and in a way for the whole of football, the whole of the football community. And he's happy with that award. I'm happy for him. I'm not one to judge him at the end of the day. Would I want to take that award? Would I want to take any award off the establishment? I don't think I'd ever be in a position to be able to say no. So it's easy to say no right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. That you're, it, it's unlikely that you're going to have to turn down the uh, the knighthood uh, yeah. at any point. But but the the, the word that you were using there, deserved. There's no. I'm sure you, you what you're what you're getting at is there's no doubt about his his his, his the, the fact that he's deserving of of everything that he, he yeah. could possibly he could possibly get. But I, I, I mean, I, for years we 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 we've complained. Why didn't Bob Paisley get a knighthood? Mm. Yeah, well, some pe- some people did, and I always found it a little bit. I, I found it a little bit jarring because I'll I'll co- come at it from my perspective, uh, Carl, and you can uh, you can re- respond to this with your own um, take on it after now, now that now that we've gotten cams. As an Irishman, I mean, I just the whole concept of those titles to me, it's it's somewhere between ludicrous and offensive, and I I I, I you know I I. Uh, <laughs> strenuously sort of object to the whole concept um, of a monarchy and um, I have you know deep-seated reasons why um, the, the 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 establishment uh, you know the 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 old boy political network and the monarchy connections are you know sort of abhorrent to me you know for various reasons um for what's happened here what's happening in in an adopted city of mine which is Liverpool so I don't feel like a trinket from them means a bloody thing. But like like Cam says, people have been sort of uh, wittering on for ages that you know Bob Paisley deserves it because if 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 Ferguson gets it, why shouldn't why shouldn't Bob get it? He deserves it. And the deserving thing is not up for grabs at all. Um, he deserves it. Yes, Kenny deserves it, and so much more. He deserves whatever. It's just. For me, uh, there was a little opportunity, and I, I agree with Cam. It's not, it's not my call, and and but I would have been slightly tickled, I think, if he had said, "Nah, you're all right," <laughs> you know. It w- it would be impossible to love him more. Yeah. Had, had he done that, I mean, my problem with it is, I, mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, I don't even consider myself English, and um, as our, our mutual friend Gibbo once said, "Why should our king take an award off their queen?" And that's how it feels for me. And uh, we get a lot of stick about this as Liverpool fans, particularly being in the city as I am, about the whole, we're not English, we're Scouts, and people think that's, you know, we're just trying to be argumentative. It's not, it's not part of what I believe in. And I'm with you too, I'm completely, Kenny, Kenny Douglas deserves everything a lack of late going. It's who's giving it to him, that's my problem. And the, the, the thought of him kneeling to the monarch really, really is a distasteful thing for me. And um, I've got, that's nothing to say about Kenny Douglas his family. He's taking it through his family. Um, yeah, that's it. He is, he is, and I, that's exactly it. He, that the man himself had more considerations than uh, my selfish concept there. Of, and the charity, exactly. So the man himself had, as as he always has had, had more considerations than selfish ones, and yeah. and, and and that's that's a measure of the of the of the agenda in question. And you know everything he said about it was so dignified and so. Uh, uh, you know, self-effacing, exactly as you'd expect. Yeah. But like I said, it would. I, I would. I will admit that I, it would have given me a childish thrill to just see him say, "Now nah, you're alright, Paul." But um, no. Uh, it, 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 How Gale did, didn't he? How Gale said no to the baby. 
Yeah, some people have over the years, and it is yeah. it it does it does does always take me. I have to say, Professor Phil has said no, hasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, in World Cup related news, uh, yeah. have you have oh, you ever before seen... you say anything, Trev? Before yeah, you say on. anything. Um, I don't know if you saw something I put in the uh, chat earlier, um, but it sort of leads on nicely from what uh, Carla just said about Liverpool country and what's happened with uh, Spain and Real Madrid today. That's mad, isn't it? That's absolutely mad. It's absolutely madness how this is what's what's amusing me, though. It's funny because what's amusing me about it all is Real Madrid, shithouse, the C word. Everything, every despicable word in the sun, yeah, because of what they've done to their country. Liverpool fans are up in arms about this, but it's still Liverpool country. We don't like England. No. So wouldn't we, want, wouldn't we want Liverpool to do that to England? Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with it. I see where you're you going see where with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's just a touch of hypocrisy with our fans sometimes. Just a little touch. Well, I, they, I, don't, I, they don't see it. They don't see it. I think the vast majority of us were watching that today with absolute glee because it is, it's, it's hilarious. And to, to what, to watch the, the, uh, the, their, their FA's head guy coming out and throwing shapes, the, 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 uh, the baldy, uh, uh, sort of slightly angry man. Um, uh, that was, that was just high entertainment and I was following a thread which was sort of uh, written by a journalist who was there um, moment by moment and it was nah, nah, it can't possibly can it can it can it and then it did um, now obviously they've got a proper um, sort of died in the wool fella in Hierro to take over it'll probably have minimal sort of impact on them I imagine um, but it did get me wondering uh, and this is the first of our, our of our lead away questions what was in your opinion and you keep it World Cup related if you like, what was the best example of a team shooting themselves in the foot? An awful lot of people have said that that is properly shooting themselves in the foot there. Can you think of a good example or a better example of a team self-sabotaging uh, in the in the build-up to a tournament? Because God knows, I can think of at least two. I can't think of a team. I can think of an, of an individual. Go on. Who, who had a very high-profile individual who had a fallout with his manager. Yay. I think we're all on the same page here, gents. I think we are. So Sorry, I'll, let I'll let you carry on with this, Jeff. <laughs> you know where I am. You're, you're basically you're talking about my country, man, yes? I am indeed. Yeah. It's the line. It's the line. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank will not be eating fucking two sandwiches the night before the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Th- there, there's so much comedy gold to be mined from that. At the time, I would admit that it was absolutely shattering because if you look at how the team actually did afterwards, there was a chance in that World Cup to actually go on and win it because it was uh, it wasn't a strong uh, pool. And um, no, that uh, odd sorry, and all, win the world, win the World Cup. Cam, odd and all as it seems, that that team with that player could have really gone far into that tournament. It's a fact. It's a oh. fact because it wasn't a strong. It wasn't a strong. Um, uh, uh, he won't, he, he, that's he, a bold he, statement. That's a bold statement. I love no. I love the way no one's saying it. Roy Keane, by the way. Oh yeah, When when Roy Roy Keane walked out in two thousand Career in Japan, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it, our, ba- our yeah. base, our base was in Saipan, and he was very unhappy with the conditions, and he basically took a stand and left. And of course, uh, that was an example, a spectacular example for all of us. You can imagine, we don't qualify for tournaments, and then our objectively, by a mile, best footballer who was sort of at, at the peak of his powers leaves. Mm. That is spectacular self sabotage. I also recall. Was it that World Cup or the World Cup before it? The Dutch team having a massive, massive in-house fight, which threatened to completely disrupt them as well. That was that was, was going to be mine. I was going to say Holland from 1978 onwards. Yeah, basically, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. there's been times when they've been easily the best team in the tournament, and then Eggedama the, just punches somebody or someone, and, and then they're not talking to each other, and then they go out. That's because someone keeps forgetting to bring the weed. That's probably what it is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the orange kit. Just find and the orange kit. Yeah. The, that's a gorgeous kit. That is. is I love kit. that. I love that orange kit. It's the best. Yeah, I, I, I would have said Holland just because they've been to three World Cup finals. I think it is now. Yeah. Seventy-eight, and um, 
2006. Lost 74, they lost to West Germany, didn't Germany. they? It, the 74 final, by the way, um, if anyone can Google this, is the, well, is the World Cup for the greatest kits to face each other in the World Cup final. Both absolutely beautiful kits. Big <laughs> West Germany with, with the huge badge on it. Yeah, to be fair, that's they're both very hard to beat. Yeah. Did you did you see? Speaking of just uh, the last World Cup related thing, did you see um, the absolutely <laughs> comic and heroic efforts of the Spanish journalist to get his question to Antoine Griezmann today? No, no. I haven't seen this yet. No. It's, it, uh, again, as a recommendation, can I suggest that you go and you look up this Spanish journalist? Uh, Griezmann question. Um, basically, if you if you pop that in, you will find a wonderful video where the um, sort of um, yeah, Nabob from the French FA who was taking the the, uh, the 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 press conference and sitting in on it. Uh, Griezmann was the uh, player who was being interviewed, and they had some official there. He got very bent out of shape because he was saying, "Look, questions only in French," and because he wanted he didn't want any questions about. Uh, Griezmann's pote- uh, potential moves away. Yeah. So our buddy, the Spanish guy, pops on Google Translate on his phone on an app yeah, that, yeah. and asks a question about him moving. Now Griezmann himself is absolutely tickled with it, but it's worth watching for the reaction of the angry Frenchman who's trying to get him to shut the hell up. And even just the absolute comic picture of a fella holding a microphone up to the microphone of his phone. It's fantastic stuff. I want to get a couple of non-football podcast recommendations for you before the end of the show. Keep okay. that kick, keep that kicking around the back of your head. It'll be the last thing we ask before we sign off because we have no idea what length of time we've been going for here. I'm going to do another. Five. <laughs> I'm going to do another five because we've all lost track of time. So, two questions to finish this out. Um, I don't think I've asked you this one before. I think I put it out there and we didn't ask it. If you could kill off a character from a current TV show that you like, who would it be? Oh, that's God. good. It is good, isn't it? Because I mean, if it's a TV show you like, you probably like the characters. Go on, Carl. I haven't got a clue. Um, oh, God. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I slightly amend that? I don't that? watch TV shows. I watch Netflix. What do you want yeah, to say? Yeah, me too. Um, I've I, I got a slight angle on this. My, my friend Val, who's um, at Trim Bachelor on Twitter, um, me and him have a theory. Well, it's his theory, and I agree with it. That only fools and horses went slightly downhill when Raquel uh, was in there. I think that's a fantastic shout, and it's nothing about the actress herself. She's very good, uh, but I think that's a fantastic shout. Well, I, she, got I, too, she got she got too angry, and she, and she stopped being fun. Yeah, yeah, it it got very pole faced for a while, didn't it? Yeah, and I'm just not a fan of that. Um, but he he even extended it to um, Cassandra as well. Cassandra doesn't really do much, but so some reason instead of being the boys together, it was the boys against their wives. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I agree with that. Actually, do you know what that that actually works really, really well. That actually yeah. works very well as as an answer to this question, and it could actually be definitive. So I think we'll go with this. Last question for today is: What is the one thing that you refuse to share? What is the one thing that you refuse to share? For example, I could say about um, my my brother in law, it would be food. I've never seen a man more protective. Off whatever's on his plate, he gets really pissed off. Someone takes a chip, you know that kind of thing, where someone yeah. leans in and takes a chip. That does not go down at all well with our man. It's a good question, man. It is a good question. Mm, I, I, my MacBook now. Nobody can touch my MacBook. I like That's, that. I, I, I'm the same with all my gizmos and gadgets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from that, anybody can have anything of mine. I'm not fussed. But my mm. MacBook, um, because that's Pretty much my pride and joy. Yeah. A strange thing as it, strange thing as it may seem, but yeah, it would have to be my MacBook. What about, for example, if we were all heading out on a, um, Anfield Index podcast night out and, you know, I, uh, I arrived there, uh, round to your gaff to have a, a drinky before we go. We're waiting for Carl and I realize I'm in my work clothes. Would you be willing to share, for example, some of your wardrobe, maybe a pair of those tight pent? The tight pen uh, available for all and sundry. 
and, and, and as strange as this may sound, I've had family members come round and take my clothes. I'm not sure why, but they seem to think that some of those items are, are worthy of wearing. So, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. But another thing I definitely wanted to share with anyone, because not that it would be of any use to anyone, my hearing aids. Yeah, well, that would be kind of self-sabotaging. It would. I'd, I would be very lost without them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Did you think of anything, Carl, that might suit this particular question? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one, really. I mean, the obvious one would be my guitars, but um, I, don't really, I probably wouldn't have my guitars out. Um, but uh, I, I once went to a friend's Taekwondo school. I do Taekwondo, and I went to a friend's Taekwondo school. And the instructor, if the kid was good, he took off his black belt and put it on the, 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 the best-behaved kid. And I literally was shuddered at that. No one gets to see my, no one gets to take my belt off me. No way. It's a really big private thing because it takes like years to get. So uh, I don't like anyone going near my belt. I like that. That's actually brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're on fire here this evening with these answers, I have to say. Right. Last one then. A uh, non footy podcast recommendation um and if you're not a podcast man maybe maybe cam you're more of a as you said netflix head if you want to recommend a tv show it's fine um what do you reckon carl anything for me here before i go back to mr branch yeah i have and it, it's it's a mutual friend of ours uh, um uh Trev, uh, from from your previous days um dave thomas recommended a podcast called slow burn which is about the watergate scandal and he said, you have to listen to this. And you know when people say that, you think, yeah, I'll listen to that at some point. I might download it, but I probably won't play it. Then I'll end up deleting it when I get too much stuff on the phone. And I, I, I do a lot of walking every single day. And my God, that's one of the greatest podcasts I've ever heard in my life. It's so good. Really? It, it, everything about it is just, yeah, yeah, because it's just basically just two blokes talking about it. But they go in, but they interview someone who was around Watergate at the time. And they've got like John Dean, who's the man who basically gave up the president. He's a guest on one of the shows, and it's one of those podcasts where I'm, I, when I'm walking around, I'm stopping just stop listening at the stories and you know things that you know the Nixon administration were doing. It's phenomenal, it's absolutely amazing. Oh, I love that! I love that. Um, slow burn, it's called. Slow burn, yeah. yeah. I, I actually started one today, um, basically by uh, the Crime Town lads. It's got wonderful footage of you know the RFK um, um, uh, mur- uh, assassination has been very heavily re-examined at the moment for uh, yeah. similar conspiracy to what happened with Jack Kennedy. And uh, there's a ten-part series starting with those Crime Town boys. Couldn't re- recommend that more. And on a completely bananas front, um, if you're looking for a bit of light entertainment uh i'd shout out for smirch pod again which is any bond related characters or films and general chit chat about any side projects they might have had as well and it's uh, very very funny uh john rain does that one it's it's an excellent show uh cam your voice i like, I like john rain john, john rain's a good man he's a good lad he's a good lad um any anything anything to finish this off then cam yeah there was a i can't i can't remember the name of this pod which is going to bug me now so i'm going to have to uh find it and tweet it it was about um uk murders uh oh god i should say rippercast damn it (laughs) (laughs) i was on it on sunday i'm on it this week Um, rippercast everyone i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah rippercast that was it (laughs) (laughs) i knew i knew it'd come to me eventually (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah 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 Was it? No. What, I think the was it the was it the uh, the Daniel Morgan one? The, was no, it one? no, no, it's no? um, it's about um crimes here in the UK that you know have all been solved, but you know like a short story for about half an hour, and they go through this crime. I'm, I'm gonna have to find it, and I I will tweet it, and I'll I'll let you know what that one is. But when it comes to a, a Netflix one, um, I know Mister Tandon, our, our glorious overlord, is a watching this at the moment and i and i cannot recommend it highly enough that's friday night lights glorious uh, one of the top five i'd reckon yeah it's really? glorious yeah it's it's, it's, it, it's it's genuinely massively engaging and you end up uh, sort of uh, c- c- the coach character uh is, is brilliant He's he's unreal. He's he like he's just such a genuinely like uh, inspirational kind of a character. I, I have to say, I agree with you completely. He's so concerned about everyone. 
He, yeah. he lives, it's like he's living his life through those kids and he wants, he really genuinely wants the best for it. all of them. It's just superb the way it's all been done. And despite so, um, all, uh, despite all the, 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 the younger, um, more obviously, um, uh, gorgeous, uh, uh, cast, uh, coach's, <laughs> coach's wife. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. She's a beautiful woman. I could, wa- I could watch her in anything all night. That's fantastic stuff. Yeah. Good sheds. Good sheds then. So but you're, you're still committed to Anfield Index though, Trev. Yeah. You're just saying that she's an attractive woman. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all you're saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just putting it out there. It's just an observation. And that was totally in love with the Anfield Index lady. Yes. Before. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) Before we, before we, uh, before we get ourselves into all sorts of, uh, confusing hot water here, we should leave it for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. I've been Trev Downey. You've been you. And before I go, let me thank my pod brethren for another solid innings tonight. Uh, as we depart, Carl, any final thoughts? Um, yes, I've just, uh, there's another, I'm trying to do some green grass in a bowl. Uh, my blog, there's going to be four special World Cup uh, editions coming up. One of them might be written by someone on this podcast who isn't me. It, um, will, um, it will be about the 1986 World Cup, seeing as Jamie went and took my 1990 Jamie, World Cup. Jamie, Jamie took 1980, yeah, um, uh, it's a 1990, and I had to edit it. She wrote it on a Sunday after been drinking all day. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a challenge. So I admire the article, but can you also admire the editing? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's it's, um, it's 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 a lovely piece. I enjoyed that earlier on today, and uh, yeah, you could see directly took uh, took took the inspiration from the chat that we'd had, and uh, it's he's some he's there's some great memories of the 1990 World Cup. A bit of a classic there for an awful lot of people. So do check that out in some great. Green, green grass and a ball. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing 78, and uh, is Scraggy doing 82? I think he said. I think he said 82. I think he said 82. Yeah, okay. said 82. So I'm I'm up next, isn't it? I'm next Wednesday with 86. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then you're doing 78 the week after. Yeah, and then Scraggy's doing and, and, and then Stephen with, with uh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, Cam, I'm really and, big interview coming up in the one after that, but I can't talk about it just yet. Oh, keep so it. I'm really, I'm really happy with, really happy. I like it, I like it. Uh, Cam, any final thoughts from yourself, my friend? Yeah, if everybody could support Germany in the World Cup um, <laughs> and wish that, wish for their uh, greatness and magnificent, magnificent, uh, magnificent, I can't say it, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, these big words throw me. But yeah, we all need to support Germany, so I win the uh, AI uh, sweepstake. All right. Oh, I'm up for that, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. up for that, yeah. Yeah, uh, guys, yeah. guys already mentioned the glory of their away shirt. Yeah. Hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on a bit. There's an AI sweepstake and I didn't know about it. Oh, same here. Yeah, but you, you need to be on WhatsApp, Trev. Oh, fuck that shit. There you go then. Yeah, that's that's absolutely not happening. That's that. It, it was put out oh, there. And it was oh, like a five ten minutes. It was the thirty two slots were taken just like that. It was yeah, madness. Yeah. I can't be getting involved in WhatsApp. It's just my life's too short. Uh, okay, right. We, we, we <laughs> guy, guy got Iceland, by the way, so Guy's not winning. Guy's not winning, but he might have a bit of a good run and think he he's going to win. And yeah. then he won't win. Uh, th- let's leave it at that then on, on, on Guy's, uh, Guy's poor broken heart when Iceland get to the quarterfinals and go out. Uh, we should leave it at that, uh, listeners, for tonight. Can I make that usual request that I do, that you use your various uh, platforms to spread the word about this show? Uh, if you enjoy it, do a, do a brother a solid there. We will be back next week with more of our usual wittering, you know, the crack at this stage. Uh, just... Try to remain calm and enjoy the World Cup for what it is. It's a bit of crack. It's a bit of fun. We will try and reflect that on here. If you're looking for deep and agonized uh, examinations of transfer policy, there are other shows for you. We will be talking about, you know, waffles and stuff. That's what we do. So stay here with us for that. Stay with the cool kids. In the meantime, before we see you next, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.